0: everybody and welcome to this week's WordView podcast this is this is me graham phillips your host and uh, i'm joined by my good friend phil gray uh hi phil hi graham how you doing doing well mate doing well doing well enjoying um enjoying being outside in my garden office uh which stinks like wood i'm definitely inhaling some like pretty toxic fumes so if things <laughs> go a bit awry You've got an explanation for that but now i'm excited for today um to talk to you really mate so um bit of background as to to what we're doing here um before i get phil to introduce himself um phil and i we've known each other probably about two three years and we've had some really really engaging conversations over the last year or so about some of the cultural issues at play um some of the kind of more difficult to talk about, so, um, cultural, social issues. And yeah. um, those conversations I've had with Phil have probably been some of the bravest conversations I've had um, and have actually really helped me to frame my thinking um, as an apologist and as a Christian about the times we live in. And so we were having a phone conversation going back, I think it's about a week ago, wasn't it, mate? And mm-hmm. um, I just thought, you know what? This is so important for, I think, listeners of this show to be hearing it's a it's a great conversation There's a lot of depth to it and it's asking some questions that i think need to be asked uh so we decided to basically kind of bring some of that conversation onto the show onto wordview podcast um today and and just see where it goes really um yeah. so we're hoping to be talking i guess about how does a christian navigate the cultural climate that we live in today particularly with respect to um, the culture wars um, that are at play, also big sort of historical events that have happened in 2020 and are already happening in 2021. How do we as Christians navigate that Um, by number one, allowing one another to have different perspectives on things? Yeah but not withdrawing, you know, so there's lots of things we have to consider uh, in yeah. doing that. And and I, I think we all want to, certainly I do, hold my hands up and say that we haven't always got that right. You know, we haven't always got it right engaging in these cultural issues with, with respect to our brothers and sisters in Christ yeah. and perhaps with respect to the world and the people we're trying to reach for Jesus as well. So um, I think it's basically a kind of like, Okay, let's start from scratch. Conversation about these things. How do we go forward better? You know, mm. so um, Phil has been really helpful um, in inputting into that with me. So, Phil, I want you to take a moment now, my friend, to introduce yourself. Tell us a bit about who Phil Gray is. Yeah, cool.
1: So, yeah, I am Phil Gray. I'm a 36 year old black male. Um, I'm a Christian. Um, I'm on leadership at my local church, which is uh, Harvest Temple New Testament Church of God, which is in Wolverhampton uh, in the UK. Um, I am the father of two sons and the husband of one wife. That's, and so, that's good. Uh, that's good news. <laughs> it's very good news. <laughs> 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 a, a tremendous wife at that, uh, Cassandra Gray. We've been married for 12 years. Um, our boys are um, eight and five so, uh, yeah, very much in the throes of uh, parenting young children uh, and uh, all that fun stuff. Uh, I work for the YMCA as a Christian Mission Coordinator. So kind of love my job, class it as full-time ministry. Um, and it allows me to do lots of weird and wonderful things, uh, including talking to you today. <laughs>
0: yeah, amen. Amen. And uh, right. Phil, um, Phil and I first connected, I think, going back, a couple of years ago, and um, I was invited to join them for one of their conferences. It was Phil and a friend of mine, Nathan, over at New Testament Church of God, and it was engaging with young men um, on the subject of of being rooted in, in God's Word and things like mm-hmm. that. Really helpful uh, conversation, and um, I think back then I, I, I perhaps kind of again was reminded of the the cultural nuances at play, you know, within the body of Christ. Um, And also I was encouraged, you know, by the fact that you are somebody who's wanting to really engage in that and want to try and bring those cultures together maybe and see if they can talk to one another and if they can be um, some cross-pollination, I guess, in those cultures. So I was there as a speaker. And I think I was I was the only white speaker there Mm. um, and perhaps one of the only white people in in the actual conference itself. And um, and I thought that was great that you had reached out to me, you know, to come and speak at that conference. Um, And so I've always been encouraged by your approach in this area and I'm inspired by it. Um, What is it that drives that Phil? What what what's. Is that something you're doing intentionally or is this something that just comes naturally or what's your heart think, behind that?
1: I think there's a bit of there's a bit of both. Um, so, um, yeah, in, ter- in terms of me, um, you know, my family where I grew up is a very, yeah, predominantly white area. We live in the UK, so that, that's that's yeah. kind of the case for it's most. Yeah. But yeah, that very kind of where I live is very much um, suburbs, so very much on the on the very ends of the city or the town. Um, so very white. When I went to school, it was very white. So all of my all of my school friends and stuff were, were white guys and whatever, um, and that was cool. Just didn't really didn't really think anything of it. Obviously, I knew I was black and you, knew yeah. that difference, knew the culture. While well, my friends were listening to Metallica, and I was listening to. Jodeci and that type of stuff you know um so those differences were there um and then I guess lots of different you know life so I go I went off to college at 16 um there had the you know I was able to interact with a lot more of my peers that were black and kind of Their perspectives on white people, I just found really interesting, uh, Mm -hmm. hilarious at times, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and scary at others. Um, And just like, okay, what your perception is is not what I've not I've known my whole life. Um, And then when I became a Christian, which was actually two years before I went to college, when I became a Christian, it was at a Youth for Christ um, camp. Oh yeah. Um, And there again, it was kind of. Yeah, I think I was probably one of three or four black people um at that at that camp. And just I think for me, from a Christian perspective, that opened up a different world for me because it was like, well, wow, you guys are doing all this stuff like spring harvest and um yeah. I don't know, audacious or all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, that was totally alien to me. <laughs> um And, you know, getting introduced to Matt Redman and Tim (laughs) Hughes and all that sort of stuff as well at that time uh, was really cool. And I think it helped balance my Christian perspective because it was almost like living in a dichotomy. So I'd go to church and church was very black, very Jamaican, um, all of that. And then I'd go to school and be amongst my peers. And it was very white. And it was like there's these two uh, two worlds battling with each other. Um, And then. And I guess when I became, when I became a Christian, it's like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> there are white Christian people too. <laughs> not that I didn't know that, but do you know what I mean? In your mind, you kind of make these, um, you, you kind of make these compartments, don't you? As to what fits where, yeah, especially yeah. when you're younger. Um, and it's not until you're confronted with certain things that you actually begin to think about them, you know, analytically and think, oh, actually, yeah, I've been, I've been offing my thinking in this. And uh, so this whole thing of kind of uh in the church we should be leading leading the way in terms of racial reconciliation or just just being together as the people of god whether whatever color we are wherever we're from
0: yeah uh, that's yeah.
1: that should be our witness
0: well I, I, you've used a, a phrase there that i'm familiar with racial reconciliation yeah and um you know i i think that is something that I think you're right. I think the church can be championing that. I do think the phrase means a number of things mm-hmm. to different people. Um, but if we take the phrase to mean at a base level Christian reconciliation, mm-hmm. um, and we take that to mean that there is an acceptance across all different colors and backgrounds, that we're all children of God and that the inherent worth we carry is the same, and that we've actually got things to bring. You know, yeah. to one another's cultures that are supposed to enrich. Mm. For me, I'm like, how could we not think that? You know? Yeah. You're absolutely right. And and I, I think hearing your story is super interesting because we must have grown up no more than 10 miles apart from one another. Yeah. You Dudley, was it?
1: You're
0: no, right. I, I was I was Warsaw. So you was yeah. yes, okay. Ten miles. So I was in Wolverhampton. Yeah. And, and That's five uh,
1: five miles, isn't it? <laughs> even less, yeah.
0: So yeah. And your experience of growing up is is uh, is so interesting to hear because mine was um, mine was somewhat different, but I suppose there are parallels in it. Mm. So I, I grew up in Whitmarines, which is by the football stadium in Wolverhampton, yeah. and m- mine was one of being one of the only white guys, you know, in yeah. school. And um, at church, not so much. That was again pretty similar to your experience. My church was predominantly white you know um but school was predominantly it's kind of multicultural there were were afro-caribbean black backgrounds there was a lot of asian background then there was some white children as well but a real melting pot and um i suppose then having to kind of go into church or go to kind of bible weeks and not see that was odd Mm -hmm. (laughs) if i'm honest Mm -hmm. yeah especially when i left home I think it was 18 and I moved down to rugby and I started a gap year down there and there were just no black people Phil Mm, and it was just the strangest thing you know and (laughs) and their kind of cultural concepts of their cultural stereotypes really of what black people were like yeah yeah all the guys are gangsters and like if you Mm. see see a black guy then you know you're in trouble like that was their kind of view It was like a fear based kind of thing. Mm, mm, But coming from mm. walls where I was more familiar with it, I found that so interesting. So I could see, and I have seen firsthand how stereotypes can play a role when we're not kind of in community with one another. Yeah. It happens, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, And, and, you know, and, and Christianity is something that. Not, not something. It's it's the only thing that ultimately and truly breaks down, yeah, uh, those barriers and those divides um, in a way where there is um, equity.
0: Well, it should. I mean? It should, shouldn't it? It should yeah. break them down. It doesn't always, yeah. Um, yeah, in practice. And I think that's a a good conversation to have. Mm. Um, but I think I'd be. I'd be interested to hear more about um, some of how you feel these challenges that you faced um, have impacted your perspective now. Like you've grown up and had these experiences of the differences in culture and like, you know, the actual benefit that these differences can bring to our lives. If we'll learn to embrace difference and embrace mm-hmm perspectives um, within Christianity cultural perspectives and what have you for learn to let those enrich us we see the benefit Um, but equally um, we've had probably the craziest couple of years in my memory for just kind of Powder keg is what I like to call them. Just powder keg issues, like the George mm. Floyd situation, like the, yeah. the riots we've seen in America, that have centered on race. Um, mm. And these issues have, I think, just blown this debate wide open. And and for me, mm. um, I'd be interested to hear your perspective on the response to those issues and what what you feel could have been better i think in in a christian response to those issues what how do you think we are supposed to as christians navigate that and what do we get right what do we get wrong big question <laughs> a <honey>. big, <laughs> big very
1: big very big question very big question um and yeah obviously just to say i can only answer it from my perspective yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah as you say these, these are powder keg issues um, I think one of the first things that I can say in terms of, okay, where did we get it wrong? Is that, um, this, this is, this stuff has been a long time. It's a long time in the making. Mm. Um, and I think where we've got it wrong with with a, with a number of um, things as well. I think we've been quite happy to sit in, our, in our camps, in our cultural camps, um, and sit with a, at times, a very kind of um, surface level Christianity, where we, where we kind of um, we we attest to certain things, but we don't really do the work of living them out. What does that What does that look like to work this out? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, so you know, for the again, and and we spoke about our upbringings, isn't it? So for White Christians or white evangelicals or whatever, to be in their spaces and to not see, um, not see kind of multiculturalism mm. um, or not see the other feel welcomed in that space and to be content with that. And likewise, in my experience, <laughs> do you know what I mean? For, for, for my church just to be full of black Jamaicans and for us to not say, hold on. <laughs> There's, a, there's an issue here that's I think all of that kind of uh feeds into in, into this whole into this whole um this whole discussion um because what we've not done obviously uh, okay so in the wake of George Floyd what you saw is a lot of people in the church and outside the church kind of saying you know black people kind of saying well you know this is yes this is shocking and this is horrific and this is traumatic and all of that stuff sort of, but ultimately we've been this is this is what we've been living <laughs> we, we've been seeing this with other other people that have been uh killed at you know at the hands of the police and whatever um in america and all that kind of stuff and so there was then this big rush or this big um feeling of well yeah you know the, these whole terms came out didn't they white fragility white guilt
0: yeah all that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff yeah
1: but just this essence of People feeling like, okay, the whole part of my community or people that live around me have been feeling like this or living in fear of this and have not been, I've not been aware. Yeah. I've not made yeah. myself aware. I've not done the necessary research. I've not done the necessary work to uh, to really kind of to empathize, to put myself in that position um, and to really be a brother or a sister to those individuals.
0: Mm.
1: Um, and as I say, that, that, those kind of messages were coming from in and outside of the church. And, and for me, it's like at the church, we should have been, we should have been the one saying, you know, yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We've been standing in arms, uh, you know, for years. And we, we're speaking for each other. We're giving platform. We, we, we give it, we're kind of doing advocacy for one another. Um, and I, th- I think there wasn't enough of that. And what what we actually saw, particularly in, in, the American, in the American church, in American evangelical church, but it does have ramifications of how things have looked over here. But what, what you actually saw in the kind of time of rising tension and post-George Floyd is actually this segregation. <laughs> yeah. This segregation of, okay, so, you know, this the black people that are kind of you feeling this way and you're saying these things instead of listening and hearing yeah lumping them in with you know okay you guys are just kind of critical race theorists no, that's, or that's that's that's, or really, insightful. Or,
0: that's really insightful film carry on
1: yeah um so yeah lumping them in with with groups um that you know that aren't aren't christian <laughs> and kind of almost um pushing away what are legitimate concerns and legitimate conversations. That's so good. So you had the whole, you know, the Southern Southern Baptist issue and yeah. the pastors coming together and um, writing the statement against critical race theory. And um, bef- before that, a few years ago, we had this whole um, so- social justice versus the gospel uh, yeah. when key uh, white pastors and um, evangelicals and a few black and our Vodibalkan was, was, was yeah. involved in that yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah. But just really separating themselves from the issue, mm. rather than I feel engaging in kind of an open and real dialogue um, across, you know, across the kind of um, chasm with individuals who might think differently to them, and then coming up with some real, um, yeah, some some real biblical, godly answers from a place of look, we're brothers and sisters. And even if we don't agree with everything, here is here is our united front. Here is what we're saying and here is what we agree with.
0: Do you know, I think that's really insightful. And, um, you know, perhaps what didn't happen was... What didn't happen enough, anyway? Maybe it happened mm. in some circles because we don't know. But, yeah, yeah, like, what didn't happen enough commonly was that yeah. the pain of particularly the Black community wasn't appreciated in itself, maybe mm. enough and given voice and then say, well, what's happening, right? When all yeah. this kicked off, like, because certainly what I found amongst my friends, um, particularly amongst my black friends was there was a deep pain, yeah. in the George Floyd situation. And I've talked, I've talked to them and they say, look, it's just, it's, it's just a picture of what the reality is. Right. And so mm. there was real pain that maybe I didn't appreciate was there. And so more listening in the kind of heat of the moment mm. would have been a good thing. I think more listening and that that's something we can draw on. I think yeah. as Christians, particularly with one another is at critical moments like that, that we take time to hear pain, yeah, you know, and, and to give place to it in a kind of formal setting, more mm. of a formal setting, like, maybe that's something we can look at and you certainly read the Psalms. I was talking to a friend this morning about the Psalms and Mm. just how it's packed full of pain and lament and like somebody just like angst kind of, you know, Mm. sharing pain. And it's, it's like, we read that, but then there's not really a place for that Mm. actually Yeah, much of our kind of gatherings together. And Mm -hmm. so maybe there's a place for that, like actually just kind of, doing a bit of bloodletting if, if so to speak where you just you just share yeah. the pain about what's it, happening and, and share your heart and it's okay it's safe you yeah. know because for me what then happened oh, did you want to say something quick before I uh, carry on mate?
1: Um, yeah no I was just saying how key that is um, and we, when we look at the ministry of Jesus and how he interacted with people um, let's take you can take the woman at the well you can take the man at the pool of Bethesda um, numerous times. You see, Jesus engaging with these people yeah. in their situation. He's asking questions. He, he's like, "Why are you here? <laughs> what brought you to this place?" Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, before he comes in with, you know, what? Here's some healing. <laughs> here's some deliverance. Here's some words of knowledge that's just going to turn your world upside down. And I think, I think sometimes in in Christianity, we we um, or modern Christianity, we we rush to kind of Um, to create a solution yeah, Um, and we'll we'll say that it's bringing about peace so we'll rush to the place of peace yeah Um, but actually unless you've heard that pain unless you've given ear to that trauma and 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 all of that kind of stuff you're not really going to have real peace because you're not out working I think part of Jesus's ministry of deliverance was that whole conversing with people find out where they're at and almost like it's like a counseling session to the point where they begin to point out the things in them this is so <laughs> that's good. the issue
0: this is so good and like i think this is a major part it's a major first step on what we were talking about in this middle path or the kind of third the yeah. third way in between like the left and the right let's call it you know um yeah got to be a third path for christians and i think the listening thing we've just talked about it has got to be key hasn't it and it's not mm. just a kind of right let me hear your argument Okay, now I'm going to tell you why that's wrong. It's it's actually allowing space for things that we maybe don't agree with to be said, right? Mm -hmm. And we're going to hear it. And we're going to allow ourselves to be impacted by it. Like Mm -hmm. that's a Christian way, isn't it? Because you think, like you said, in the incarnation, Jesus, think of the amount of crap he must have listened to, right? He's the creator of the universe. He knows everything about you. He knows how your cells function. He, imagine yeah. the amount of rubbish he must have heard on a daily, right? Where he's like, no, that's wrong. No, that's wrong. Actually, that's not quite right. I know that like, but he listened to it all and he mm. loved people and they loved him. Sinners yeah. loved him, right? And so I think for me, I think listening and allowing space for those things, maybe we've stumbled upon something there as a part of that third way. I know it sounds super simple, but let me tell you this, being, a, being somebody who's interested in apologetics, <clears throat> we're so used to listening to stuff mm-hmm. to pick out its inconsistencies. Yeah. Right. That's kind of what we do because we're often engaging with skeptical worldviews. But when you start doing that with brothers and sisters in Christ, it can actually get quite, it's the wrong tool to use. It's the wrong tool to use. And so I think what we saw last year was pain, and an outpouring of pain, legitimate pain in the wake of what happened to George Floyd, pain about, you know, racial injustice, racism, systematic racism, lots of pain and experiences that needed to be heard, um, that we didn't maybe give an opportunity enough. Well, we didn't, certainly didn't give an an opportunity enough for that to happen. And then what happens is, from my perspective at the least, is that, certain kind of cultural but not christian responses to the situation begin to get heard louder yes and because we haven't given voice perhaps in the mm. church cultural voices but not christian voices get heard louder so then you have the entrance of um critical race theory you have certain f- um phrases that are used by these groups by black lives matter by crt um you know, white silence is violence. White guilt, white, and I'm and I'm listening mm. to this, and I'm thinking mm. that's racist, right? Like mm. you are categorizing an entire people group based on the color of their skin, yeah. um, into this one very narrow set of experiences that I can't yeah. transcend because I am white, and I'm thinking mm. that's just racism right back. Now, I, yeah, that that then I think created a response back which was like a pushback which was like no like and and in a sense what we did in all of this to and fro is always we missed an opportunity to actually listen to our brothers and sisters you know and i think what we did in summer which was when me and phil got together i think it was summer i can't remember it was when Mm -hmm. coronavirus guidelines were a little bit relaxed anyway so we met and um we openly said to one another, you know, like, I don't necessarily see it from your perspective, but mm-hmm. let's sit down and let's just talk. And mm-hmm. we did that. And and honestly, having that conversation where you can allow somebody to share their perspective, it is healing. Honestly, mm-hmm. it was a healing thing that yeah. brought a lot of healing for me and then opened, me to, opened my kind of eyes up to see things that... I had missed to be honest. And so having that face-to-face time where Mm -hmm. it's not 140 characters trying to refute a point of view, like having that time and space to listen and then soak it in and Mm -hmm. then respond was amazing. And also feel the fact that, you know, we gave each other charity, we, yeah. get, we were charitable to one another in that conversation yeah. where we would say, I remember saying, you know, well, I'm hurting about this. Like mm-hmm. this hurts me. So sometimes when I'm hurt, I say things that that I don't, I wouldn't look back on and think well, that was a good thing to say. Right. <laughs> so so yeah. there was an acknowledgement there that in pain, mm-hmm. like we sometimes say things that are just... Not yeah. what we should be saying, or not how we should be saying it. Yeah, there was charity and grace given. Now, tell you, I don't know about you, but grace is something that has been sorely lacking in Christian communication in the past year. That we need to look at, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, and and not to to just give the balance as well. Those conversations were um, were beneficial for me as well when yeah. you were saying when you kind of expressed um your your hurt and frustration about certain things certain perspectives and um how you interpreted them as well that that was beneficial for me because i think um with all that ang- with all the anger and frustration um that i had going on about about the situation and you, it's yeah you kind of go into your camps don't you <laughs> and then whatever been, it's so easy it's so easy to yeah do. yeah and and then it's um, whatever's been said in your camp yeah. or in that particular camp, um, you you can pick up those those um, ideologies, yeah. um, and and kind of adopt them. And I think this this whole thing about talking it's it's so biblical, isn't it? Um, you look at James Amazing. one, you know, be what be, be slow to speak, swift to listen, um, slow to anger. For the anger of man doesn't produce the righteousness of God. Um, and this this might be a little bit <laughs> caveat. So this is this is just my perspective. I don't know if you ever listened to a lady called uh, Dr.
0: Caroline Leaf. Yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so I know she might not be uh, might not be your cup of tea, but I think she says some interesting stuff uh, just because of her her background and knowledge in um, I think like it's neurology and stuff, isn't it? Um, but she speaks about trauma and the whole issue of tra- trauma and when somebody. Um, has been through trauma and they get into a space where they're able to articulate that trauma if if that trauma if that um, articulation is not heard or not received in a way um, that gives that person value that says look I'm hearing you I, I, I hear this what you've gone through is terrible whatever whatever if it's not received in the right way she says often that And one of these one of these terms, and I think some of these terms have been um, hijacked as well. But often that trauma then can be again internalized by that individual, and it becomes ten times worse. And when I heard that,
0: so true. Yeah. When I
1: heard that, I just thought Jesus, and when he spoke about um, driving out of spirits. Yeah. And if a if a spirit's cast out, you know, it goes and it roams and it looks for somewhere to inhabit. Um, but then if it, when it doesn't find anywhere, way, if it comes back to the place and finds it empty, it then comes back with several other uh, wow. demons stronger than itself. Wow. Um, and, and, you know, it totally inhabits that space. And I think we can't, um, we can't negate the fact that all of this is spiritual. Come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, principalities and powers. So it, wouldn't it serve the enemy just so well? <laughs> if our, our white Christian friends were in one were in one camp, and our black Christian friends were in another camp, and our Asian Christian yeah. friends were in another camp, just because we've not taken the Word of God and said, "Look, this we're going to do it. We're going to um, interact with each, with each other according to the according to the scriptures."
0: Phil, this has been such a stimulating conversation. Um, I think so far we've we've picked out a few really key points in this kind of new path that we want to try and cut yeah. for yeah. Christians. Yeah. It's not just evangelists and apologists, but it's Christians in general. Let's be honest. We're yeah. a body. But I think we've picked out some really cool stuff in this conversation that is, is definitely worth trying to implement, you know, particularly listening to one another and allowing space for trauma to be heard where we mm-hmm. aren't going to kind of try and whack them all. Yeah. We're not there to do that. That's not your purpose there. Mm-hmm. You know, you, your purpose actually here is to hear pain, and yeah. sometimes in pain stuff comes out that's uncomfortable mm. and it can make us feel uncomfortable, but we got to look to Jesus and see his, his method, his way, his heart, when he's, he's engaging with people who disagreed with him, you know, what was he like, you know? Um, yeah. I think the grace affording grace to one another mm. and being like, you're yeah. a brother. So you're my brother and nothing's going to change that. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to hear you because my brother mm. and, nothing will kind of break that covenant you know mm-hmm. uh, i think that's key yeah. um so we, we we've really kind of tripped up on some good stuff here that mm-hmm. i think we, we're gonna have to revisit the conversation in another episode yeah um because i there's think no. there's no. lots no. more that we haven't even got to yet um mm-hmm. but uh phil i, w- I want to thank you again just for coming on and, and kind <laughs> of uh and sharing heart with us it's been it's been a really interesting conversation for me i'm like This conversation has, if it gets out and if it's understood, I'm sure there are lots of conversations like this happening across the body of Christ, Yeah, but it's this conversation itself that is really going to make or break our Christian witness in the coming years, Mm -hmm. I think. um, If we don't learn this kind of third way, this new way of doing things, this Christian path, Mm -hmm. I honestly think we'll just get dissolved into culture. Yeah, yeah. We'll just get swallowed up by culture because culture can scream louder than us. Culture can do, do the whole, you know, I'm in this camp, I'm in this camp. They can do that better than we can. (laughs) And we'll just become that, you know, but we're supposed to be salt and light. You know, we're supposed to be different than, Mm. than the world. Um, And so I think this is a super important conversation and it, if you're up for it, Phil, I'd love to have you back for a second convo. Is that all right to, yeah, to cover some more of this? It. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. Well, I want to say thank you again, Phil, for joining us today. Um, please do um, leave us some comments uh, on, uh, on the posts. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and share that. Um, more people can get in and kind of get their claws into this sort of thing, which is really important, we think, for the body of Christ at large. If you enjoy the podcast, give it a five-star rating. Um, if you hated it, please don't give it a rating. <laughs> uh, just just jog on and moan about it to somebody else. But um, anyway, thank you for joining us today. Uh, God bless you. And, uh, and thank you again, Phil, for joining us. Bless you. All right. Bye-bye.